Hello, and welcome to wow. The Vergecast. Today is February 11th, 2016. Uh, my name is Chris Ziegler. No, my name is Neelai Patel today, actually. <laughs> uh, you may notice there is a lack of Dieter and Eli here. Uh, we've put them in a closet. They are concealed for the moment. No, <laughs> actually, uh, Dieter's wedding is this weekend. Uh, he is far, far away. Yes, Second, yeah, clapping culture. Clap round culture. of applause. Hooray for Dieter. For Dieter. Well deserved. Uh, so he is not in the country, nor is Neli. I'm subbing. Uh, joined by Sean O'Kane, Hello. Lauren Grush. I think you've both been on the Vergecast before, right? Yeah. So we have. You're familiar, Often together. Yeah. <laughs> familiar to the Verge audience. And then in the hype desk, we have not one but two people joining us. We Double Kirsten, hype desk. Kirsten Fresina and Mark Linsangen, yes. uh, one of our video directors uh, who... Um, is a hype beast for phones. Am I right, Mark? Yes, Chris. Yes. Very so, much so. <laughs> he also check- only whispers. <laughs> hype check phones. Uh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. All yeah, phones? all phones. <laughs> all right now. <laughs> Just hype check phones in general. Uh, so if you're joining us, first of all, you're not joining us. Let's, let's not kid ourselves because... <laughs> Uh, Yeezy season three uh, just kicked off, and um, the life of Pablo live stream is supposed to be <laughs> happening right now. Lauren's face is like, uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the life of Pablo is supposed to be live streaming right now on title. I'm I'm hearing this is live information being piped into my skull that uh, that there are problems <laughs> with that stream. So if you're taking a break from it to uh, see what we're up to, thank you for that. Hopefully, you won't tune back once the stream starts. Uh, because we want to uh, keep your attention for the next hour undivided. Actually, we, uh, Andrew, our producer, and I were joking earlier that we should just put picture in picture. We should have <laughs> Easy Season 3 picture in picture and then have the uh, the life of Pablo kind of playing in the background this entire I like cast. that idea. I yeah. also like that. I mean, we're about to talk about uh, a really crazy scientific discovery. We are. And, and that happened today, yet live streaming and video conferencing are still like the biggest trash fires They're... in technology. <laughs> like it's 2016 and we can't figure those two things out. Why Why did Albert Einstein have to spend his time working on this <laughs> theoretical nonsense when he could have been solving live the real problems of our day like live streaming? It's ironic because the live stream announcing the scientific discovery today also cut out. Oh my God. Shocker. <laughs> and it was more momentarily pulled from because YouTube is so... Yeah. twitchy about its copyright claims. Also, they changed the name of gravitational waves like four times before the actual <laughs> uh, Speaking of gravitational waves, we should get right into it. So you may have caught the announcement this morning. It was at 1030-ish, right? Yes. Um, that uh, they've discovered these waves yes. for real this time. For real. Uh, Lauren, why don't you tell us about that? So this was a concept put forth by Albert Einstein about a century ago. It's part of his theory of general relativity. Uh, and basically everybody thought they existed. There, there really was no, uh, you know, no doubt about it. Well, there may be some, but not a lot. Uh, but no one had, could It's like, how much faith do we actually put in Albert Einstein is the question, right? (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of faith. I mean, his theory has stood up against the test of time and, you know, tons of testing in general. What is time anyways? Yeah. What is time? What is space time? Well, let's get really existential about this. What a great question to ask. We have a delightful (laughs) video that kind of explains this whole gravitational wave nonsense and what space and time really are. So if we can play that, let's go Roll for that it. Let's, let's check footage. that out. <laughs> Scientists say they have found evidence for gravitational waves for the first time ever. 
The discovery was made by a group of researchers called LIGO, and if it's true, it marks one of the biggest scientific finds in decades. Gravitational waves are considered ripples in space-time. What is space-time? Let's try to visualize it by imagining it as this blanket. Yes, we're compressing four dimensions into three. A smaller object on the blanket's surface doesn't change the shape all that much. It will just roll straight across. But if you place a bigger object with more mass on the blanket's surface, it warps the overall shape much more significantly and affects other passing objects. This is basically how gravity works in our universe. Objects seem attracted to each other, but really they follow the curvatures of space-time created by the presence of other larger objects. Now let's switch things up a bit. Instead of a blanket, imagine space-time as a pool of water. If you move an object through the pool, it causes a ripple effect outward. A similar scenario happens when large masses move throughout the universe. They produce gravitational waves that warp space-time. Everyone basically agrees that gravitational waves exist, but nobody has been able to prove them. In fact, the movement of every object in the universe supposedly produces these waves, but they're usually way too weak to be observed. So to find them, the scientists at LIGO looked for the biggest ones out there. That means observing two super-dense black holes merging far away. This huge explosive event generates enormous waves that can be picked up by LIGO's observatories. Each facility is shaped like a giant L. The arms are vacuum-sealed tubes 2.5 miles long. At the end of each arm is a mirror. When the gravitational waves pass the mirrors, they warp space-time, making it appear that one mirror is closer than the other. The scientists can measure this phenomenon by timing how long it takes for lasers to bounce back from each mirror. The relative movement of these mirrors is incredibly slight. By the time the waves from the black holes make it to Earth, they only change LIGO's instruments by about one ten-thousandth the size of a proton. That means these measurements are incredibly difficult to detect and are very susceptible to error. Plus, the science community has been burned before on gravitational waves. In 2014, scientists studying the early universe said they had found evidence for the waves, but later it turned out the measurements were just the result of cosmic dust. But finding gravitational waves is still a huge deal. It confirms the last big part of Einstein's theory of relativity that has yet to be proven. It could also open up a whole new way of studying our universe. Before now, we haven't been able to see objects like black holes or neutron stars because they are way too faint. But we could use gravitational waves to study these objects more directly than ever before. So I want to get into this a little more. But first, can I just say science is insane? <laughs> I cannot believe you guys compressed four dimensions into three. How dare you? Oh, my you? God. <laughs> can we talk about how genius that video is? Yeah, well, oh, it's, yeah. It's, an amaz it's an amazing video. Uh, shout out to Miriam Nielsen and Phil Esposito. Who, uh, who shot and directed this and did some amazing animations for it. Uh, really, like, I understood it, which is saying <laughs> something. Uh, so a shout out to those guys. But yeah, I mean, science is insane. We, we were talking about this earlier, the fact that this doesn't necessarily have immediate practice. Like, you and I are not going to no. experience any change in our lives because of this discovery. But still, it, the fact remains that there are these mirrors separated by thousands of miles that detected this insane thing. A couple many, miles. <laughs> many, well, no, no, but the, they're they're in different parts of the oh, country, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
And, and then th- this this detection is how many light years away? So it was 1.3 billion light years away, I think. Yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That is completely ridiculous. So that's, so technically, the waves that they detected happened, yeah. like the explosion of the black holes happened 1.3 billion years ago, and it's just now getting to us. The effects of it are just now getting to us. Right. That we can measure them, and they're and they're so slight. Like I, like they're saying, it's one ten thousandth the size of a proton is is how much it warps the space time around yeah. these mirrors. So the fact that we can, you know, make those measurements with that kind of you know precision is just insane. So Albert Einstein has been completely vindicated at this point. <laughs> All of his theories have been proven. Yeah. Uh, but this isn't the end, right? Like they're gonna deploy this into space somehow. They're gonna. Yeah. So the the idea is. Well, right now, the only way we can really look at objects in the universe is by using light of some kind, um, some kind of optics. Um, but you can't do that with black holes or neutron stars. They're way too faint to see. So the idea is we can see how they mip- manipulate the gravity around them with these gravitational waves uh, to to learn more about them and kind of see them in a different type of way. Got it. It's so, like a whole new, I mean, it's like a whole new starting point. Like you have not been able to work with, if you think of it like a medium, you haven't been able to work with this medium yet. And now that you know how to detect them and where to, and how sensitive you need to be and everything, yeah. now you can go back out to all these places that you've been sort of pegging uh, throughout a, the years of like, oh, maybe this would be a great place to detect gravitational waves, et cetera, et cetera. Now you can go back to those spots and like rework what it was that you were studying. Right. Which is really I, crazy. It's one of the physicist I talked to you had a really good point. It's like when we discovered radio waves or, you know, built the first like radio telescope, we discovered all these crazy new things. So, you know, finding a new medium for measuring the universe will probably discover things we never thought were even possible. Yeah. And that's really cool, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this and this specific instrument or set of instruments was only at like a third. It's potential sensitivity right i mean like yeah they can can definitely amplify the sensitivity so this is just the first step you know um you need to get the confirmation out of the way to be like okay we've found the gravitational waves now the time is to keep finding them and to make our instruments more precise so that we can actually use them as a form of measurement rather than just saying that they're there and this is this like fully peer-reviewed at this point or is that another step that they need to go through no they publish they publish their study in um the physical journal i can't remember the exact name physical journal letters or whatever you're saying it wasn't us magazine (laughs) no it was not us magazine um and so that went through peer review. It had like a th- over a thousand authors on it too. Wow. So a bunch of people signed off on this, and I'm sure it's going to have to space up to a lot of scrutiny. Um, you know, even if it's peer reviewed, things that go through peer review yeah. aren't always correct. Um, and a lot of people are definitely looking at this. However, you know, it seems pretty legit. They have a lot of people on it. Um, so I'm hoping. I mean, fingers crossed that. They got everything right. I'd like to contend that this won't change people's lives because I think that it's this kind of stuff that makes people more interested in the science that's going on, you know, about our earth and about space and things like that. And when you start to go down these roads of learning about what this stuff means, 
it changes your perspective on everything. And I think it can change. It doesn't have like, yes, that uh, like immediate impact. Like I'm right. not going to not yeah. go to work tomorrow you because there are gravitational waves now. <laughs> but, that would be awesome, you can't though. go buy yeah. some gravitational waves. I'm taking a, I'm taking a personal day. <laughs> to sort of absorb what this means. Yeah. <laughs> to absorb <laughs> some waves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 no, it's, I agree with Sean on that. Yeah, for sure. It's it's super cool that they were able to do this. And that is like the most reductionist way to talk about it. <laughs> like, oh, it's so cool. Good job, guys. Next thing. Kanye well, West. But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that being said, it is always nice when they can connect it to something real, right? Like what yeah. the implications are. Um, and I think what what makes this even more exciting than your normal scientific discovery is the fact that they don't even know how big the implications are yet right because they don't know what they're going to discover knowing that they have this new instrument available to them yeah i think yeah that's kind of what's so big so it's going to change the lives of many in the scientific community mm-hmm. it's just not it's it doesn't have an immediate impact for us right now right. but i think it definitely will have an impact on just our our understanding of science and, yeah. and how we study it um, so I, I need to hype check two things. Uh, first, I need to hype check Gravity. <laughs> the, the movie starring George <laughs> the, the movie Clooney. Starring, the, the movie starring George Clooney, different different rating than They're, actual Gravity. So, yeah. I, by the way, speaking of the movie Gravity, I have an alternate theory of, of what happened in that movie. Oh, oh please God. explain. Yeah, go. Explain, please. George Clooney's character was did not die. Where'd he I'm go? I'm sorry if I spoiled that movie for anybody. <laughs> I mean, it's really. been a couple years. Yeah, yeah, it's been a couple years. Get on it. I don't like. I, I think that he was actually in the 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 cap. Like he returned to the capsule. I think that's why. Totally, Be, because it was too wrong. real. It was too real. Also, can we talk about how George Clooney did not need to die in that movie? Because if you're gonna have a science person on, she so he was flying off yeah. into space. <laughs> yeah, and she grabs him with a with one of the cords and stops his his flight. Yeah. And instead of that would have just stopped him and he would have just a gentle tug would have come yeah. made him come back. But for some reason some kind of invisible force was making gravitational him keep going. waves. No. It was definitely <laughs> gravitational. <laughs> <laughs> With the, the unified theory of the movie Gravity has finally come together. Yeah. George Clooney has spent three years waiting for vindication, and now his theory of how he died. Okay, but if there were gravitational waves, he probably would have gone up and down in an oscillating fashion or something. All right. Sorry. Uh, okay, so we've gotten the uh, the hype track of Gravity out of the way. No, I, wait, we didn't, though. No, we, that's true. Yeah, yeah, we kind of got sidetracked. I think Kirsten wants to take over that. No, I, I, have, I have no feeling. I, I refuse to hype check that movie. Wow. No, like the actual force yeah, of gravity. Yeah, the property oh the physical oh, yeah, property yeah, yeah. 10 out of 10 very yeah. helpful nice nice very generous hype desk today uh yeah. and, and then hype check gravitational waves <laughs> wow maybe seven out of ten. Ooh. Ooh. No, no. wow i did not Incorrect. see that coming sorry you're gonna have a lot of people what, coming incorrect. after you. Do you think higher or lower oh higher are you okay. kidding me this is like inventing like basically a new type of telescope like so, this is like peak hype it's fair. so like 10 this is a 10 out of 10 all right so yeah. we got a s- yes. eight so what's what's the 8. average 8. sean 8.5 8.5 8. Do math real quick yeah this this math is a little beyond our <laughs> our uh pay grade let's move on um can, I, can someone just check for me very quickly is uh the the yeezus live stream up yeah yeezus oh, what year are you in yes it is no yeezus uh, season three yeezy season three. Ye- yeezy, yeezy excuse me jeez uh, look, our I'm, entire staff is like sitting up on the couches watching yes, that live stream too. <sighs> like, 
We are we are alone in a bubble. We are. Of, I know Jameson is having some struggles. Literally, nobody is is watching. Like no us one's right even now. typing in our main Slack channel. That's that's. <laughs> That's, really that's, depressing. How you, that's how you Something know nothing's going on. Something is either going really well or really poorly. That's okay. You know what? We're live to tape. We'll, we'll make an excellent show for later uh, this evening when or perhaps this weekend Kanye. when you're done with so Kanye. we hope you're enjoying it tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk um, Virgin Galactic. You're going where next week? To the Mojave Desert next week. The Mojave week. Desert. And yes. you're going to see... We're going to see Virgin Galactic's new spaceship. It's the replacement for Spaceship Two. Uh after it suffered an unfortunate crash last two years ago now. Yeah. yeah. A year and a half. year and a half, yeah. Uh, so we're going to go see that. Maybe maybe not Stephen Hawking might be there. We don't know. That would be cool. That would be cool. Depends on his health is what they're saying. Um, so, yeah, we're hopefully going to get up and close with it. And, and do we have any speculation on what we're going to see? The kinds of changes or not changes? I would assume it's still a... A similar space plane style because it still connects to the spaceship one. Is uh, spaceship? It's the White Knight. White Knight. Yeah, White me. Knight two. Yeah. White Knight. So it still connects to White Knight two. They're just replacing the. You need to learn yeah. an entire new language to understand what Virgin <laughs> yeah. Galactic is doing. Right. So so yeah, some background on Virgin Galactic for people who don't know. It, uh, they are not your standard rocket company. They they don't make the cylindrical vertical take off rockets that you normally think of when you think of rockets they make space planes um that yeah they have to be taken up on an additional plane which takes that space plane to a certain altitude deploys the space plane and then that goes into suborbital space and they were the first basically the first major private space company to burst on the scene in the early 2000s promising like once this technology is ready we're going to let everybody go to space. We're going to start by selling tickets for $250,000. All these celebrities and bigwigs decided to start buying up these tickets in advance of that promise. Uh, and then every year it was sort of like, well, we'll get to it next year. And then every, you know, the next year, uh, you'll get your ride next year. And it just kind of kept getting pushed until they finally started testing them. And then once they started testing the flights, that's when... Did they have like a big disaster? Or yeah, they were at, Yeah, so on October, Halloween, I think. Yeah, October of 2014. Yeah, they... Um, I remember because I was getting ready to go out. Oh, yeah. I was getting dressed in my costume and I and that news <laughs> broke. And I was like, well, that's, uh, this is happening now. Um, yeah, so uh, what ended up happening is... Okay, so if I can explain it correctly, the... The spaceship has a thing called a feathering technique where it changes the position of its wings. And what happened was one of the pilots accidentally an unlocked that feathering process too early. Yeah. And so it caused the wings to change, posi change position before it was at the right spot. And that kind of, I think that made the, the plane... At that speed, any change in the aerodynamics is just yeah not good and, and so, it wound up being not good. so if nothing else they would probably make that somehow safer whether they automate that process or make it more difficult to i would assume it's i would assume it, it's going to be more automated or at least um protect against user error because yeah. that was one of the things that um i believe it was the ntsb board that um looked into it they concluded that the original design was did not account for mishaps from the pilot themselves. Yeah, it's been one of the biggest criticisms in the last couple of years uh, since or last year and a half since this happened was that that seems like a thing that with thorough review you should have realized 
we need to make sure that this these like foils are locked into place and that they can only be deployed at the certain speed that they need to be deployed and that was it, it it's been i think part of the reason why it's taken them this long to unveil the new version of the plane and even longer because it won't be for another at least couple months before they get back up in the air well it's you know it, i'm armchair quarterbacking here a bit but it, it, i mean if you if you think about how automated a modern airliner is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why would they not seek to make a, a, an aircraft with as many critical failure points as that has as automated as possible yeah that's what i was gonna ask is this normal of other like space launch vehicles that's the thing i mean give humans that much control well the thing is space launch vehicles aren't normal you know so um especially ones piloted by humans exactly (laughs) so it it, they're still in a very experimental phase the industry is and that's kind of echoed in our in our um, legislation around it right now too. There's not a lot of regulation um, in terms of how the vehicles are supposed to operate because it's very, it's still very much considered a new experimental field. Um, so, and that's definitely changing now. That's well, it's been it the sort of reins have been pulled in a little bit since Virgin had its accident, I where the FAA is like at least paying more attention to these specifics. I sorry, I do agree with that. They did just pass legislation though that said that's going to extend this period of this experimental period without regulation. But I I can. From what I've gathered, the FAA is a little hungry to start to step in and and not go crazy with regulations, but maybe make a, a few adjustments. Yeah, it's um, speaking of the FAA. Um, just going to squeeze one more thing in here because if this actually goes through, it's it's big news. Ben Popper just wrote about this, I believe, a few minutes ago. Uh, there is some discussion of changing the um, the rules about drone registration so it would only apply to drones above four pounds, um, which is a very important number because the Phantom is under four pounds. Yeah, most so, of the ones that people think about are under four pounds. So yeah, thinking about commercial drones, but right? Would they still cause damage? I feel like the ones that are under four pounds. Well, that's what you said when you saw this. That you was, like, yeah, I think they still mess up somebody. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, right. If they, I mean, it's if a if a three and a half pound Phantom goes into a jet engine, it's still going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea I, is that they're still restricted to a certain height, right? Like they're still feet. yeah, they're still restricted to daytime use only uh, below mm-hmm. four hundred feet. Um, of course, people aren't necessarily going to obey those rules, but uh, but that the, the the bottom line is that if this goes through, it would d- pretty dramatically change the landscape of who needs to register their drones and when and why. Um, because I, yeah, I don't think there are any real consumer drones that are over four. Maybe like the the Inspire One. Because what's the rule yeah? But right even now? that's kind of prosumer. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, well, what's the rule right now? It's everything. Yeah, everything. Well, everything over oh. half pound. I think. Yeah. Or? Whatever. Whatever. Oh. Those like little toy micro drones are like the only thing under the weight limit right now. Basically, that would be amazing oh, okay. if you had to register those. If you had to get like a little <laughs> yeah. like tail number for your uh, your palm drone yeah right i have a bunch of those things i love those it's it's that's gonna be one of the things i mean there's so much that we cover and so much that we don't cover that like is gonna change dramatically over the next like five years let alone like the next 10 years but drones is one of those things that is going to be i think make radical differences in certain areas maybe not as like broadly reaching as we think like drones filling the skies but like that's one thing. No, that, drones are going to f- fill the skies. That's the thing, right? Like, if all these uh, shipping companies get their way, yeah. there are going to be these routes of drones right. just nonstop all day and all night moving across the sky. So they do need to have 
and you know Ben Popper has done a lot of reporting around this. But the, the uh, you know they need uh, collision avoidance. They need uh, to interface with aircraft using ADSB or some other transponder technology. They need oh, you know gosh. they need all these things in place so that they can talk to each other and ATC knows where they are. And it's, is it it's easy to put ADSB on a drone? Uh, I think. Yeah, I think they've done it. I think uh, Google and Amazon have both done it already. Um, as long but, as you don't let the people who run Kanye's live stream do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not going to get it done. Uh, it's it's Kanye himself. He's it's personally Kanye. running his own live stream. <laughs> yeah. By the way, ADS-B yeah, is like the radar technology, the radar yeah. tracking technology for planes. Right, so that they can talk to each other in the sky and back to ATC. Um and, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just going to have to be very careful about how that goes because, again, you don't want to suck those things into a jet engine <laughs> or hit them in a personal plane or with a Virgin Galactic. No. Uh, I don't think plane. they can get as high as Virgin Galactic space No, but you could, you could see how, like, if someone was trying to film it from above and then it took oh, a, I yeah. don't know. It, it could be bad news. Anyway, let's uh, let, let's talk about Squarespace, shall we? Sure. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about Squarespace. What is Squarespace. Well, I'm glad you asked, Sean. Uh, building a website can be tough. And even if you do know your way around coding, uh, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Sometimes you wish you could just stop time with a simple push of a button on your watch. Uh, but you know, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create websites, Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust in Squarespace for your website needs when millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world trust them too. You know... Back in my previous life, I was an entrepreneur and craftsman selling replicas of the iconic watch from the Nickelodeon sci-fi film Clockstoppers. <laughs> I would spend countless nights perfecting my recreation to exact specifications of the prop, from its yellow finish to the Quantum Tech logo display. Okay. Unfortunately, of course, it did not accelerate the user's molecules to speed where the world appears to be standing <laughs> still, but damn, did it look good. Now... It was hard to get these bad boys off the shelf, considering they weren't officially licensed. So I decided to create my own website to sell my product. It took so much work to do this. You have no idea, people. <laughs> I spent almost as much time creating the website as I did creating my hypertime technology. Squarespace would have saved countless hours of my time coding. But seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace gives you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website. So what are you waiting for? The announcement of Clockstoppers 2? <laughs> Come on now. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code VERGE. That's V-E-R-G-E. To get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for VergeCast. <laughs> we thank Squarespace for their support of the VergeCast. Oh, you should. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> you handled that really well. <laughs> uh, so I am definitely way too old to have any idea what clock stoppers is. <laughs> uh, and I'm not wasn't that old. It that um, that I mean, Nickelodeon I'm, movie. It yeah. was a great movie. Yeah. I will defend Rotten Tomatoes Andrew disagrees. And his, <laughs> and his writing on this one. 
It was a great movie. The uh, uh, hype check. Are, are you excited yeah. about Clockstoppers too? Yeah, oh, hype check Clockstoppers too. Oh, I've eleven never, out of ten. I've never. Oh, seen oh my god, more than gravitational waves. Wow. Right now, right now, IMDb five five point two out of ten. 29% on Rotten Tomatoes and 40% on Metacritic. There you go. Reasons why I probably shouldn't see it. We need well, to get the hype check in this Google card so that people can just Google stuff and know what the hype desk thinks about it. You know, I, I have to say personally, and maybe y'all don't agree with me, but oh personally, I find that the lower the Rotten Tomatoes score for a movie, the more I enjoy it. No. All right. Absolutely. Next. If, if I'm at, Example. <laughs> yeah. Give us a good example on that one. Um... Oh, Crank start. 2. <laughs> oh, no. Crank oh, 2 is God. a phenomenal film. Probably has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, is my guess. Uh, no, can, can you do a quick check? 63%? Yes. Wow. Wait, we got to talk about how, real quick, what? we got to talk about uh, the Fast and the Furiosa. Charlize Theron might be a villain in Fast and oh, Furious, yes, right? Yes, that's right. Can we talk about that? I that... may actually watch a Fast and Furious film now. <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Have you not seen the entire series? No. Oh, hey, Chris, can oh. we have a watch party at your house? Heck yeah. Yes. I, I mean, first of all, Mark, let me just clarify. Every day is a watch party at my house. <laughs> I have all the films in my Apple TV. They're available to you whenever you like. And they're uh, extended edition? Absolutely. Absolutely. Go. Only the best oh my for my buddies. It's on Amazon now. Uh, I just went down a really weird rabbit hole because you were talking about Clockstoppers watches. <laughs> and for some reason, I thought about all I still really want is that uh, in, back in November when the Alien watch got remade by Psycho. The, the I don't maker. remember this at all. Oh my god, sorry. I, this is a really you're, weird yeah, You're in a r- rabbit hole that no one else here yeah. is in. You don't remember that? Oh, that looks awesome. They they reissued the watch from Alien, and I'm they wait. Did? Is that is that for sale? Can you buy that? I don't know. It still doesn't make any sense because the site is in Japanese. Okay, and... guys, I'm sorry. We're sorry. buying watches now, so we can't. <laughs> sorry, we can't um, do the Vergecast. No, anymore. Neil, I would be proud. We're buying things during the Vergecast. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that is that is a tradition. All thanks to Squarespace. Uh, I believe that I believe that Neil I bought his Nexus Six P. During the Verge cast, oh, yes. oh my god, yes. As a, as a viewer, I can confirm. Which, yep. which I, yeah. I don't think he still uses or may even own. Did I don't even think I've ever seen him hold that. Phone. No, <laughs> you say I, that judgmentally, like you don't burn <laughs> through tech gadgets in an afternoon. Okay, okay. The, but the difference Chris is at that at least holds them for like a day. <laughs> yes, and uses and, them, and, and I keep them. track of them. If I if I if I need to dispose of them, which occasionally I do, I know where they're going and when and why. Neelai probably still has that Nexus 6P and has no idea where it is, is my guess. Uh, so for $386. Okay, you, you buy some watches. I'm going to talk about cars. Cause, okay. cause yeah, oh, actually, is, let's talk about cars. This is my Vergecast now, sure. and we're talking about cars. Uh, Buckle up. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, sorry. goodbye, Lauren. That's rough. Um, that is rough. So the first thing, the first thing we're going to talk about is this, uh, this tentative decision from the uh, the National Highway Safety uh, Transportation uh, Agency Authority Association. I, it's <laughs> NHTSA. I just know them as NHTSA. Uh, is uh, is ruling that um, uh, the Google basically a, con- a computer can be a driver. If you want to boil it way, way down to what's happening at a very high level. Um, and this has broad implications for self-driving uh, overall because uh, what it means – if you look at the, the regulatory framework right now for how cars exist and operate on U.S. roads, 
Um, many of those regulations are around the very valid assumption until recently that there's a human behind the wheel. Because <laughs> in 1960, why would you assume otherwise? Um, I feel like back then, like in 1970 or 1980, maybe you could say that. But 1960 was like when everybody was like, the future, it's going to be great. Your yep. food will cook itself. But Knight Rider was an 80s True. film. All right, true. Or, or a series, rather. Uh, so the um, the bottom line is that this means that a lot of um, uh, features and uh, knobs and bells and whistles about a car that are there for the function of interfacing with a human driver don't necessarily need to be there because uh, they're interfacing directly with the computer instead. Now, if you extend this uh, this this broad thinking that a computer can be a driver to other areas as well, you can see how this might apply to, say, liability. If you're saying that a computer can be considered a driver or, um, uh, I, I don't know, bottom line is that the, the implications go far and wide for this uh, if it actually sticks. Um, but that's not to say that every computer can be considered a driver. You still need to go through the, the, the testing to ensure that you actually know how to drive. A computer is no different. Right. Um, and you have to, I mean, these regulations still have to change state to state around the country, which is also going to take a long which time. They're, yeah, and they're trying to harmonize <clears throat> But that. this could um, grease the a, wheel a bit for that, right? What I'm yep. curious about, though, is I know for there was a whole big thing about Google's self-driving cars. They had them ready and then, then they have to change them because they had to be able to have a person in the driver's seat. Yeah, does, the, that, does that kind of take away that requirement now? In, in the long term, that certainly the goal is to make it so that, it, you know, you summon a car with an app and it pulls up and there are just two passenger seats, no driver's seat. Right. The, the cars that are on the road right now in Austin and, um, and, and Mountain View and soon in, in Washington State uh, have a steering wheel, they have an emergency sh- uh, shutoff switch, they have pedals, and for exactly the reason you say, like a human needs to be able to take control for both legal reasons and also f- because the computer software isn't finished. Mm-hmm. So like if the car gets itself into trouble, the, the computer needs, or excuse me, the, the human needs to be able to take over. But theoretically, long term, when they get everything sorted out, which I believe is still many, many years away, but someday um, they'll be in a position where they can just let the computer do everything. So, Chris, how does this change how people are developing these driverless cars now? So, like, does this change, like, if Apple is hypothetically working on a car... Does this change the way that they're developing? This does this just take away the steering wheel? That that's a very good question. I the way I would look at it is um, the the same way you look at say Uber, where Silicon Valley, being Silicon Valley, uh, has just sort of been in the mindset of pushing forward as quickly as it can. Uh, uh, irrespective of the the regulatory hurdles that it faces, and I think that's been the case with the driverless car. They 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 have just assumed all along that they would find a way around the rules, yeah, or they would find a way to change the rules. And so late last year, Recode reported this. I believe Reuters did as well. They sent a letter to NHTSA saying, "Yo, th- like w- we need to sort this out." And that's where this 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 new ruling or this temporary ruling came from. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that Google knew all along that they were going to get to that point. They have a you know they have a huge lobbying organization and um and that industry in general i think is very uh convinced that they can get around any of those restrictions not just silicon valley though i mean it's some of the traditional auto manufacturers have been assuming that as well i mean like that's why when i went out last year to see daimler's self-driving big rig i mean they went to one of the only states that would let them like basically develop and test that and they just sort of like but 
But big difference there is that they are very careful to tell you that you still need a truck driver, right? They were sure. very careful right. about that. But I think half of that is coming from not wanting to offend the truck driving base. <laughs> agreed, agreed. But um, but I do think um, in talking with um, GM and Ford as well and Toyota, some of these other big automakers, legacy automakers, I think that they are taking a much more measured approach to how they think about this stuff. Yeah. They are uh, thinking of it in terms of you know, a, a lot of it is very pragmatic. They're just trying to push the liability f- far, as far off their plate as they possibly can, with the exception of Volvo, who says they'll take full responsibility. Um, so they are saying, look, at the end of the day, the responsibility falls on the driver to make sure the car doesn't drive off the road or into another car, um, it, re- regardless of what the computer is doing or thinks it's doing. And then you have Tesla, just like uh, Google, which is like, we're just going to deploy this in beta. We're just going to push this to every car overnight. You now have a... a you know, your car can drive itself. It's in beta. Just be careful. And then a week later, <laughs> we see like all of these videos of people. Exactly. Like, yep. Almost be- crashing into the side of a highway. It's like exactly. You can't tell people, oh, hey, we're going to give you the software that like will totally jeopardize your life. Just like keep your hands on the wheel. It's yeah. actually strange to me that they didn't get more pushback on that. Because that's that's insane. I love that. Yeah, I, I love would... the way that they approach software in those cars and what they're trying to do uh, with a lot of that stuff, and mm-hmm. especially with the autonomous, the semi-autonomous stuff that they're rolling out to the Model S. But uh, and as someone who wants to buy a Model Three, probably as his next car, which we'll, we should talk about next. Uh, I love that idea, but I also think that that is really crazy that they. I mean, you can only assume so much in like how people are going to treat your technology. But yeah, well, um, I think it, it's it it gets at a very deep rift between the legacy auto auto industry and the new auto industry where the new auto industry coming from tech uh, is used to the mindset of, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's a continual, it's an iterative process of improving the software over time. You're just pushing software updates as you need. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's how we're going to do it. And then, um, but when you get to a car, it becomes a matter of life and death. Yeah, and I, it's funny because it sounds very reminiscent of what Musk does with his rockets too. You know, like yeah. with each new rocket, they, we found out that they were kind of changing things around for each launch, or even testing things. Like it, yeah. it came out in the biography uh, about him that they would often load up some rockets with like competing technologies, stuff that they were building in house, so that they could you know gather that data back after a launch and say then and then go to suppliers and say hey look like your thing did worse than our thing that we built in house like maybe, can we get it for cheaper or you right. know, et cetera? like they do a lot of that stuff but you know no one's riding on ro- his rockets yet well, yeah. <laughs> someday right someday so, so what i really want to know about this away with that. obviously this is like temporary google's not talking about it uh you know all this stuff but this sort of ruling from the the nhtsa does it, it I don't like you said, I don't think it changes how people approach this technology, at least in Silicon Valley, but does it speed up the timeline? Like everybody keeps talking about, oh, 10 years out or oh, 20 years out. And they have like sort of different guesses on when we might get, you know, Ubers that are autonomous or Lyfts that are autonomous yeah. or or commercial, you know, production cars that are autonomous. There's like different timelines for all those. It all starts about 10 years out yeah. from now. Does this change that timeline? Well, you know, you have you have three different um, variables that are pulling on one another. You have the regulatory issues, you have the liability issues, and the, you have the technological issues. Mm-hmm. And if you'd asked me that question a year ago, I would have said um, it, it, 
it's regulatory that that's that's going to be the long pull because they have so much to figure out and they don't know what they're doing and blah 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 uh and they're doing it on a state-by-state basis which is insane mm-hmm. uh and then if you'd asked me six months ago i would have said oh, it's probably going to be the liability issue like that no one figures no one has figured out like who is responsible when a self-driving car crashes there's right. no sign that it's going to be solved anytime soon now i think it's actually coming full circle back to the technology of it <laughs> because um uh secretary fox uh u.s department of transportation secretary um is pushing very hard on trying to standardize this stuff mm-hmm. um he's trying very hard to harmonize it across states which was an enormous concern and he seems to be pulling on all the right threads to make that happen uh on the liability side still a lot to figure out there but volvo has like i mentioned before has come out and said we will take responsibility for our cars crash and that just seems like what's going to happen going forward yeah i mean they are they're the first domino to fall in that right respect. so it's going to be the companies yeah well so, yeah well I it, mean, if volvo's precedent ends up spreading then yeah what would be the other option in terms of yeah, who yeah. No one re- no, yeah, no one really knows. that makes I mean, sense well i think that i think the um i think that the assumption for a long time and maybe the assumption still with some automakers is that if uh, as long as you have someone sitting in what is traditionally the driver's seat even if the car is controlling itself and the car gets into a crash it's that person's fault because they should have seen the crash is going to happen and take control back yeah and and i think that there are still companies who are hoping that's how it plays out uh, there's just no way it can go that way because like one when the technology moves forward a couple more steps people who are in that position if there are even still like wheels and pedals there for them to take back over are going to more and more believe that the computer should be able to protect them from whatever they see on like incoming. Yep. And even if they eventually were going to take over and try and avoid it at the last minute, like that hesitation caused by knowing the technology is there is like enough to, I mean, you just can't blame the person. These things happen so quickly. I mean, there's no way it seems like it would be way safer to have a computer making that decision well and, and we've already decide so fast this has already happened irl we had um uh the the uh company cruise i think is the name of the company they were testing um their aftermarket self-driving solution on a nissan leaf in san francisco if you, we wrote about this uh in san francisco and in the process of transitioning control from the computer to the driver the car crashed and it, <laughs> it was ruled to be the driver's fault um i, I think it sideswiped a uh, part cars well it's like that. in the millions of miles that google's self-driving cars have driven so far the only handful of like dozen 15 or 16 accidents i think that have happened have all been human error related. yeah well, human not just human error but the other driver's fault right also. yeah um but that's what isn't that what google said yeah but uh, is it true they they can't really it, dodge the report yeah i don't think okay. there's yeah i mean like if you think about the logistics of it it would be very hard for them them to lie out of that because that's true, that's there, true. there would be insurance issues and like it People would come out it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. on top of that they started so they definitely started self-reporting that stuff mm-hmm. which like it, it, you're right to question it but they also are self-reporting it and attaching like the police reports and all this other it's not just them saying like no trust us it's like <laughs> they actually come back right to yeah okay uh what do you think happens first all 50 states allow some... Right now, it's we, we have what? Nevada, California... Florida. Florida, and there's one more, right? Four? There's four like four states that allow the testing of self-driving cars yeah. on public roads. Yeah. What? Well, the, explicitly, yes. Yeah. But then there's a, a broad gray area with other states like Texas. Right, where you can test in Austin and stuff. Yeah. Right. All right, but so but that it shows like how slow this is rolling out because that's just testing, let alone like yeah. allowing it to yep. be. Uh, so, what do you think happens first? That 
sort of regulation spreads to all 50 states or marijuana is legalized in all 50 <laughs> states. That's it. The, the race is on because you have Colorado and, and Washington, right? Washington, D.C. That's a, that's a very good point. Uh, not a question I've considered before. Um, they may actually <laughs> happen. <laughs> they may happen in lockstep because yeah. as more drivers get high, the more they need to rely on computers to get where they're yeah. going safely, right? <laughs> soon soon so, everyone's just going to be smoking weed in their driverless cars. Yeah. 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 It picks you up from <laughs> the airport. It'll just be a fog <laughs> in cars. It's like a Bob better. Marley branded weed branded car. <laughs> <laughs> This is we, the last time I was on the first cast. We went down this weird road uh, on, at uh, CES about how once all this stuff is happening, all the self-driving cars and like Uber and Lyft are self-driving. It's like it's all just going to be branded. It's going to be uh, oh, I can pay ten bucks for the ride from the airport in a, a self-driving Lyft, or I can pay five bucks for like the CBS network wrapped one and like i get the big bang theory blasted in my face yeah. <laughs> the entire ride from the airport to the there, there is no amount of money cbs could pay me to have <laughs> to watch big the bang theory blasted in my face but if I'm... you if you could okay but if it's like five bucks from jfk home yeah if it's or it's like it's surge, surge pricing <laughs> right on. now surge, surge pricing but if you want to ride in like the tbs like conan o'brien car it won't be surge pricing. i mean the conan o'brien car wouldn't be terrible uh, right? It's only clips of Andy Richter. <laughs> no, I, hey, Andy Richter is is from Illinois. Sorry, I like I, I'm a I like Chicago Andy Richter. Guy. He's Let's, okay. It's Seth Rogen. It's Seth Rogen. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, that could be. Uh, it's just be... James Franco reading his poetry. <laughs> James Franco <laughs> is a self driving car. <laughs> Sorry. That, he, if, if, if James Franco is watching the Vergecast and he hears that, that will be a movie in like twelve months. Yeah. James Franco Direct is to... James Franco in. James Franco as a self-driving car, <laughs> directed by James Franco, produced by James Franco. Direct to Hulu. <laughs> uh, Spring Breakers to James Franco hype check, is... Hype check, self-driving cars. Oh my gosh. I mean, these are softball right, hype so, checks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is the easiest hype checks. I'm not a big fan of self-driving cars. I like driving cars. Cause, I do too. Right? It's a nice feeling. To I feel a little torn. Control. I, w- yeah, I so would like a minority I, report kind of universe. I, yeah, or iRobot. Yeah, where like he had the option of the steering wheel yeah. coming down okay. when he was when he but was done. Honestly, do you want other people driving cars? Like, I get that you want to drive no. a car. Yeah, but I don't want anybody else driving their own car on me. No, this I is exactly. No, it'd be so much safer. This is exactly it. The more I've made my the trip, I made the trip from my home in upstate New York to, um, you know, like ever since I started going to college in Long Island, I've been down in the city. Uh, and I've been making that six-hour trip for, like, my entire life. And the more I make that trip, the more I realize how awful the drivers are around me. And the more I'm like, wow, I dodged, like, seven bullets on this drive home or on this drive back to New York. And the every time I get, especially big rigs especially, but also just, like, regular passenger cars. And every time I make the drive, I get to where I'm going, either home or back here. Yeah. And I'm like, man... I'm kind of ready for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, now, in terms of hype check, though, maybe yeah, five. Yeah, what's the current the current level? Like, because self driving cars right now are like I li- I can agree with pretty that. Pretty lame. Yeah. So well, I'll give it like I'll, I'll agree with that five. I wouldn't like, say they're lame. They're just not mainstream so, just yet. Yeah, there are some cases that you may want the car to drive you, but yeah. at the same time, well, I think the the happy middle ground. Um, in, in my opinion, is that we are reaching the point where in the next, I think, five to ten years max, 
cars are going to be virtually uncrashable. Like yeah. they may not be self-driving, but it will not be possible for you to crash one. Volvo is already almost there. They have this system called city safety that I think is standard in all their vehicles now or is about to be where uh, below, I think it's 30 miles an hour. Like you basically can't crash it. Like if you try to steer it into something, it'll just be like, nope. And, and, <laughs> and it's like, so, I mean, like we saw this trend at Detroit in the, at the Detroit auto show yeah. where it's like, that kind of technology, I mean, just basic like collision avoidance and stuff, but even that kind of technology, which is really important, uh, is almost an afterthought when you talk to these automakers. Obviously, at Detroit, they're like trying to, there a lot of those companies were still going after sort of traditional, like it's a V8, it's a V12. Like, I mean, they're, they're pumping out like, more traditional like sexy auto uh specs and stuff we did spend like like an hour in the in the back seat of a rolls royce dawn yeah (laughs) but but like it's so commonplace now that like these cars are having that stuff built in that they're almost forgetting about it like it was always like an effort like the uh what was it the the lincoln continental was like the only presentation when they announced that car that was like technology first uh, you know, car interior, like engine, all that stuff. Yeah. Second, do we have any statistics on how has anything changed, or has this not been implemented widely enough? Like these kind of anti-crash measures. Yeah, if you look at the stats over the last decade, when I think stability control became uh, required by law, uh, there's a broad trend uh, toward lower crashes per million miles driven. Uh, per per mile driven, whatever the Mm -hmm. the unit measure is. Um, And there was a slight, this made news recently, there was a slight uptick in the past year. No one really knows why. A a very popular theory is that people are playing with their smartphones. Um, But but when you look at the uptick in the context of how much the crash rate has gone down in the last decade, it's still pretty miraculous. Yeah. Um, This is why I'm really excited about what Tesla is doing. I mean, all these other car companies are, are building in this sort of safety but that's like I'm at, of the mindset of I don't really want an internal combustion engine anymore. I don't really yeah. care how cheap gas gets. Like I just don't. There's too much on the back end of how that gas gets to my car, uh, as far as like harming the environment. And I'm ready for an electric car. And they they have to they have to kill elephants for every <laughs> gallon of gas. Yeah, I just Do don't have the time the to wait for the elephant to get into my car. <laughs> so this is why I'm really excited about the Model 3, and I think we should talk about that right now, because we yep. finally found out that on March 31st, we already knew like in March-ish knew March 2016. that Tesla's next car was going to be unveiled, yep. but now we know it's March 31st. Day. Yeah, the last... I mean, it's like... give It It was like when SpaceX returned to flight. It was like the week before Christmas. Right, yeah. <laughs> if, if Musk is anything, he is reliably inconsistent, and it's like, of course... They're going to like push it to the very end of when he was trying to t- say he was going to announce this car. And so they're going to reveal this car. But then we also we don't, don't even know, know reveal means. how much. Yeah. That's, oh God, he's so frustrating. Yeah. And on the earnings call yesterday, he was literally like, I haven't decided how much of the, sh- the car I'm going to show. I don't know whether <laughs> I should just show it or like hold some parts close to the vest. If they're going to be like, taking pre-orders on that day, they yeah. have to show it. Like you can't just but, like. But in fairness, they could just flash like the headlight of the car and they would still get a million pre-orders. They would, but that's really, really <laughs> shitty. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to do like a Faraday Future at CES and show like a concept car. They're going to show like the, they're going to have the car. It's going to be. It'll probably be, it, my guess is that it'll be a concept version of the car. I don't think it will be production really? metal. I, maybe it will. I, but so, I think, you know, if you look at the Model X and the Model S, they showed, uh, uh, they showed designs that were very close to the production design before, well before the car came out but did they start taking pre-orders yes okay yeah All the right. model x they, they've been taking pre-orders since the 1800s <laughs> uh, and 
and it sells in shipping and volume. So I, I think you know the the business model as as like annoying as it is works well for them and people yeah. are responding to it. So I'm I I think it, as long as they're able to sustain it, I like the way that they're treating their business. But uh, obviously, the question is like whether or not they can sustain it until this car comes out because everything really hinges on the Model Three. I mean, like right. the Model X, the Model S, everything has been almost not a div- a diversion, but like. It's not even really groundwork as much as it is groundswell for the Model 3. Yeah. Where, like, they were trying to get people interested in the idea of an electric car. Like, the Roadster was like, hey, we can make a really sexy car, and it'll be electric, and it'll have crazy range, and it'll be really fast. No one will be able to afford it. Right. Uh, The Model S is, like, a much bigger step down from that, still way out of everybody's price range. Yeah. But, like, a normal-looking sedan that has really great range, is really fast, enough to beat, like, Lamborghinis off the line, and is ready to by the way congratulations on launching your sick Sick lambos with chris snapchat Snapchat, uh thanks to kirsten for producing that yes look at look for that next week uh you i hope you get big enough that you have people ripping it and putting it on youtube like dj college snapchat yes we're like oh you missed sick lambo this week oh we got you it's on youtube (laughs) well then i'll tell those people you played yourself (laughs) but then then we had the model x i mean it's like we've gone through this winnowing of like bringing things down to more affordable and now there's going to be this big jump to the model three which is supposed to cost thirty five thousand dollars before any tax incentives and the federal government in this country will give you $7,500 back if you buy an electric car and then your state will give you differing amounts up to as high as like six grand if you live in like Colorado and stuff. So you could theoretically get the Model 3 for $25,000 depending on where you live. Okay, so I'm someone who hasn't owned a car in six years now. Mm How has this changed? Is it feasible to actually have an electric car? Like what, what what is the infrastructure like for that? Yeah, it's, so a couple of very important things have happened. Uh, one, <laughs> one, one is that um, uh, the, 2016 is the first year in 2017 in earnest where uh, electric cars uh, with practical range are becoming affordable. We're seeing that with the Chevy Bolt, and then we're going to see that with the Model mm-hmm. 3 in theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other important thing that has happened is there has been this explosion of level 2 chargers, uh, which are like the standard fast chargers that you see in parking garages. Like fill um, up in like 20 or 30 minutes. No, charging, right? no, oh, no, 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 no. Level two is like four hours or something. Okay. Um, and then Tesla's you, supercharger is 20 superchargers. So uh, Tesla has done a fantastic job of building out that supercharger network um, with the idea that you can take a, a reasonable cross country trip and hit superchargers along the way, get lunch. It's like a half hour uh, fill up and then you're good to go. It's 80 percent right. half an hour. Right. So uh, question, Chris, uh, w- are all the uh, Teslas, uh, can they take superchargers? Uh, I know some of them can't, right? Well, so um, supercharging at one time was an option on the Model S, I believe. It um, wasn't? I, I believe it was an option where you could spec a Model S without supercharging support. I don't think that's the case anymore. Okay. I think that all Model S's currently sold um, have supercharging. They all- need. I mean, they need that to be standard. They do. There's, there's they no do. way that they can survive um, without it. And there is, uh, by the way, uh, because this is true in every single industry on the planet, there is a uh, there's a, a spec war uh, for fast charging. Of course. Uh, there's supercharging, uh, which is uh, proprietary to Tesla. And then there's DC fast charging. Um, and there's another one called uh, Chatamo, which is only used by the Nissan Leaf, I believe. But it's technically a standard. But in the U.S., the only car, the only real car that people own that, that use Chatamo is, is the Leaf. Uh, 
uh, DC fast charging is being supported by basically everybody else who is in Tesla, GM, BMW, Volkswagen. Um, so th- this is going to become more and more of an issue. And do they have ways to find these chargers in the cars themselves? Or Yes. Um, so the Model S has rolled out um, in a software update last year. They rolled out a system where uh, it basically communicates to you as you drive whether you're getting into an iffy, like if, if your range is low enough so that it's going to be difficult for you to get to a charger in time, uh, which is kind of clever. Like you don't have to be actively navigating to a to a place. You can just be driving and there's an indicator. It's like, yeah, you, you might want to like look for a charger now. Yeah. Um, so the, that's in that car. But ba- I think basically every EV sold, including uh, the Bolt and I think even the Volt. Um, they all have some sort of integration in the navigation system that makes it easier to find charging stations. And the thing is, like the the charger network is a huge deal for sure. And there, you know, Tesla's got really big ambitions on building that out even further than it already has, which has uh, already been pretty extensive. But the Model Three can get you close to, depending on the circumstances, about three hundred miles on a charge, right? The Model 3? Or Model S, sorry. Oh, Model, yes. Model S is, yeah, it 275-ish, I think. Right. right. And um, Model that, 3 is going to be 200 We don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, it'll be over 200, but Model we don't know. Model S, yeah. the P85 would get around 275. Yeah. I don't it, think it can go up to 300. It's, I mean, it's doable if you're not constantly, like, going 80 miles per hour. But. Yeah. And Musk has said um, on a call last year when he announced the, the P90, um, he said that he expects the battery technology to improve literally every year. So it wouldn't surprise right. me if he rolled out a P95 this year and then a P100 the year after that. You know, it just keeps getting incrementally better. Yeah, along with the software updates, like his big the, his big thing for Tesla is that like if you buy a Model S today and I buy one in two weeks, like mine pretty like assuredly will be better like, incrementally if, but if, yes yeah incrementally but like if not just because of the software and you won't i won't have to download it but because of things like that where like if they do finally hit that breakthrough at a gigafactory where they can come up with new sets of batteries It'll be like, like they'll getting just a new phone build it in. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'll need to get the new the new tesla in two years <laughs> the new the, the tesla success yeah but, <laughs> but like two even 200 it say the model 3 is 200 miles it'll i hope more than that but it it's at least 200 miles like yeah. that's plenty that is plenty for basically well, how much uh do you know chris uh the p70 or there is no p70 no, there's no, no, a 70 no. the 70 yeah. um what, what was the mileage on that like i had two it was over 200 i don't know the exact but number. it wasn't going over 250 though right? i don't think so no right um but i think there you know there's a psychological barrier for people where once you get above 200 it feels comfortable like you you know it feels practical like the 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 leaf the first generation leaf uh, when it first launched it was what 55 or 60 something something really low it's like and even now it's only up to 85 yeah and it's and that's true with the e-golf too and it's like just still enough for most people on a a daily basis sure but but it doesn't give you that that buffer that safety buffer to make you feel like comfortable uh and and it also doesn't match and this is very important for people psychologically it doesn't match the range of a gasoline car no it doesn't what's what's the average range of a gasoline car 200 to 400 yeah i mean just depends on the tank and the car but i have a kind of like maybe stupid simple question uh how long does it take to charge a battery on a tesla so like you're saying it'll go like 300 miles but how long so i drove a tesla for like several weeks when i was living in california i would take it at a supercharger it would take an hour 
from that's zero, to 100 percent right yeah tend to like well they don't want you to actually charge it to 100 percent they want you to go through like uh, 85 90 because the problem with superchargers now is that like as they might have them in like every place that you can charge up but right. like there's only one or two there and there's this like war of like everybody right. fighting so for the supercharger when i went to a supercharger <laughs> there was a ton of people i mean california yeah. there are a ton of people driving electric cars and most of them are driving Teslas. Yeah. And and so you you were in for weight. Yeah, I remember when mm. I test when I test drove a Model S in in California uh, when when it first came out. Basically, there was a supercharger um, in um, uh, the name of the town it escapes me, south of San Francisco. I can't remember. But anyway, um, yeah, I had to wait. And this was like, yeah. there were like 10 te- Model S's on the road at this point. <laughs> but, um, you can, but to answer Kirsten's question, you can plug it in overnight, right? Yes. Like in your garage. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 if you want to, you can even plug it into a regular wall outlet. It'll just take a, forever to charge. Right. But you can do that. Um, so we need to wrap up in a, in a minute. Um, I want to go through a few quick things yeah, we got some uh, that, uh, that you should all be aware of. Uh, there is a new Twitter timeline, uh, which is opt-in right now. Is that right? Yeah, but I yeah. haven't I haven't been prompted. Yeah, Does anybody I have got it this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you get prompted. You have to go into your settings. I didn't and then see it'll it. It'll be a toggle. Yeah. I didn't mine didn't show up until this morning. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, it's it, is it good or bad? Up. Yeah, what's different Honestly, about it? Honestly, I really like it. It's basically until you pull down for the first time, it'll give you like algorithmic stuff. But then if you go back to the top of your feed and pull down, it goes back to reverse chrono order. It sounds so it sounds like a more expanded version of the sort of while you were away. Yep. That yeah, they were running, it's right? just while you were away without the while you're away like little tab. Which I'm I'm totally like, fine with. And it's yeah, just I like, like that. more while you're away as well. So it's more than just like But then five once or you refresh tweets. it. I use the while oh, you're away to like things that you guys post from like well, hours yeah, ago. My <laughs> while you're my while you're away is always Chris Ziegler or Casey Newton. Mine's, it's like only them. Maybe Dan. Mine and, is all Nicola Fumo. Yeah. <laughs> Today was just like six of her tweets. It was great. Uh I will say it is a little it's like vaguely unsettling when someone faves a tweet that's like eight hours old you're like what yeah, circum- what circumstance led you to be looking at my tweet from eight hours it's, ago it's i was like, searching through your feed yeah it's like miles away from like uh going into someone's instagram and liking one photo from like five months ago. yes you know, it's, that's like the this that's true that's like a whole different level of thirst this is true um next uh we should mention that there are rumors i think wall street journal reported this of a uh uh, Google developed a VR headset, and the idea is that this would sit somewhere between uh, Gear VR, which is you, requires a phone, and like a full fledged like Rift setup, right? Or Vive. This is yeah. in between where it's self contained. To me, it sounds like the Goldilocks VR headset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds That's great. Awesome. Yeah, I have a, I bought a Gear it. VR for a couple weeks ago. I've been using a Note Five pretty exclusively since December, and I finally bought the Gear VR. And uh, it definitely has its limitations, but it's it's nothing beats how easy it is to use yeah how often do you use it is it just for games well so that's what's weird about it like the experience is great and you don't have to charge it i mean there's so many things about it that it's light and that's great what's weird is like i never feel comfortable using it in the apartment because like my girlfriend's always there and so it's like so it's like you get that weird social moment of like do i want to use this like while she's in the room or like even while she's in the next room like i usually just wait and like if i find myself alone with a couple hours it's like all right let's pop into vr see what's new so it's like it's jack in the matrix for a few minutes yeah it's, it's like really kind of like, weird like it's it we'll have to get used to it someday yeah so we'll see uh pr- maybe at io this will be a thing uh the vr headset we'll see that would be cool i would love to see them roll that out there 
Yeah, that That'd would that would fun. be a good thing for that. Um, we we uh, mentioned before, but uh, but uh, you have to know this by now. There's a new Kanye West album out. How could you not know this? Also, uh, presumably it's live streaming right now. Yeah, we have a theory that Kanye knew about the gravitational waves <laughs> announcement before it came out because he announced his album was gonna or was gonna drop today. Yeah, and it was originally gonna be called Waves. Yes, like what? And then on Monday. Uh, the LIGO collaboration, which discovered the waves, said they were going to announce something big on Wednesday, on Thursday. And then next thing you know, it's not called Waves now, anymore. I know. Well, he changed the name like Broke the Monday embargo. morning. Yeah. He knew something. He <laughs> Kanye is jacked into the where, the, uh, the scientific community more than we could possibly know. And so the title of Kanye's album is now called... The Life of the Pablo. Life of Pablo. Pablo. Um, it, was, it was T-L-O-P... TLOP. And, and we were a, we were speculating what it might mean. Yeah. And uh, now we know. The love of physics. And and if you follow <laughs> if you follow Sean O'Kane on, on Twitter, S O Kane one, he is posting rapidly a bunch of uh, fake uh, the Life of Pablo uh, album covers with different well, words. I made one for Andy, our transportation reporter. <laughs> and then I made another joke one because I always make every time there's like a big Twitter You gotta make jokes in, in threes. Yeah, well yeah, Can and I, I have did. One? Uh, sure, but that will make it four. Oh. Uh, no, I, I don't, don't want to ruin the comedic <laughs> <laughs> symmetry. Um, I don't know. I would have to figure something out. I don't know. Uh, one more quick thing. Uh, uh, New York Fashion Week uh, is in the midst of starting. It's going on for the next week, I think. Uh, our, our own uh, uh, Kwame Opam is going to be at some of the events around this. Uh, but also, also, you should follow our sister site, rack.com. Uh, they are, uh, of course, going to be covering the heck out of that. And there are some tech implications here. Uh, Fitbit announced a partnership with um, with a fashion house earlier this week. There was an Epson event where they're printing textiles. Kwame was at that. Um, and uh, it, it, there are things going on. You'll want to check it out. There's, uh, there's like things no, are happening. There's are no happening. better interdisciplinary thirst than the tech industry and the fashion industry. Like it, Both of them want to be the other so badly. Yes. It's like, it's amazing. It is a very thirsty collaboration. And yeah. on, on that note... Wait, one more before we go. MTV News is coming back. That just broke while we were doing the show. If, if Kurt Loder is not involved, I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> is Kurt Loder That's the involved? right answer. <laughs> uh, okay, Kirsten, Mark, why don't you uh, give us some, some social channels? Some social channels? Well, what should be, what as should... we mentioned, we had a new Snapchat show this week with Chris, his grand Sick return. Lambos. It was so good. Yeah, so you should follow The Verge on Snapchat. We're just... Verge on Snapchat. We used to be the real Verge, and then we got really cool. We're we're still just we're as real. Yep, we're still but real. Yeah, you can just find us under. We're as real as gravitational waves. Um, yes. Oh. And then let's see. Well, they should subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yeah. So it's YouTube.com/slash/TheVerge. Uh, got tons of awesome videos coming soon. That's true. Including uh, one. I, I don't want to give too much away, but one I saw that's coming next week that I'm very excited about. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. About. <laughs> Uh, wow. There is some really crazy the amount of stuff that's come We've out got from the video team. Coming. Yeah, uh, we, have, we have content. Hashtag content since <laughs> even before CES. It's, uh, it's been crazy. We have we're Verge on Twitter. Is that right? Why am I saying is that right? Of course it's right. I, I know what, it's what we are Verge, on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. At Verge. At Verge. And then uh, what are your Twitter handles? You both have Twitter handles. You're both on the yeah. Twitters. Yes, we are so both on the Twitters. The I'm Twitter's at here. Flux in Time. And then I'm at Hey Mark L. And then Lauren, you are. I'm just pretty simple, Lauren Gresh, L O R E N. No underscore. No. Uh, Sean has the most complicated. I don't know what. <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I've been. It's like an old Twitter. AOL username. Twi- well, it was consistent. <laughs> it was consistent with like everything I used in like the old web, and now it's just followed me forever. 
And I've been trying to get Twitter. If you're listening, I want either at okay. Uh, never mind. <laughs> I, I've been DMing the Twitter account. You got me. Uh, I'm S O K N one. S O K N one. Hopefully I'm, not for long. I am Zed Power. Zed Power. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's it. Thanks for watching. Bye.